Ladies and gentlemen, people of the internet, welcome to this brand new show. It's going to save 2020. This is Commit or Quit. I'm Eric Nam. Hey, this is Eddie Nam. What's up? This is Brian Nam. Yes, and welcome to our very, very first episode of our brand new podcast by the Dive Studios, Commit or Quit. So, what is this show? Right? We should discuss this real quick before we get started. We are all locked down. We are all in quarantine thanks to COVID-19. And what do we have to do? Watch TV. Watch right. a bunch Just of watch shows. Watch a lot of stuff. Watch everything, right? But here's the thing. Time is still valuable, right? We have a little bit more of it, but we don't want to emotionally invest and waste our emotions on a bad show. That's like the worst. Oh, right? Eric, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I just recently watched a 10-episode series, and by the end, it was so bad, I smashed my head through the wall. Wow. You have a really strong skull. Yeah. You should work on that. That sounds like a, a you problem. Yeah. Get any brain trauma there? I'm just saying bad shows can… Yeah. They can really ruin your life. They they can. So we are here at Commit or Quit to save you from, like Eddie, smashing your head through a wall. The three of us are going to share our reactions and opinions on what we're watching right now. So the latest K-dramas, TV shows, movies. It doesn't have to be Korean. We're just going to do anything and everything that we find hopefully entertaining. Now, because we have short attention spans and for the sake of time, we're only going to be watching the first two episodes of these shows. And um, there will be spoilers because that's just… We have to discuss it. Just a tiny bit of spoilers. Yeah. Not, we can't give everything away because obviously then you wouldn't watch the show. But uh, just enough so you guys can determine with us if you like it and you commit to it or if you hate it and you quit it. I think that pretty much wraps up our introduction. Today we have a really, really great show that we have to talk about. So should we just get into it? Uh, yeah. Which show is that? It's E2 on Class. Woo! Let's get it. Let's get started. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? So, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Our very first show for Commit or Quit. We are starting with the show that has pretty much, uh, I think, I think, taken over or represented the Korean drama wave for 2020 so far. It aired from January through March 2020. 16 episodes available on Netflix. And it's called Itaewon Class. Eddie, can you tell us very simply, very basically, what this show is about? Yeah, Eric. Uh, no problem at all. Um, so basically, Itaewon Class is based on a popular webtoon. Um, and it follows the journey of an ex-convict. Uh, his name is Park Seo-yi. Um, he's played by Park Seo-jun. He was actually in Parasite as well. Handsome mm. dude from the beginning. Uh, he's trying to pursue his dream of opening a bar slash restaurant. A.K.A. a pub in Itaewon. And with the help of his co-workers. Like, there's just a lot of shenanigans and great stories um, throughout. That was a great… Great synopsis. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Right. So now the way this show works, we're going to give you a synopsis. We're going to give you a quick rundown of the main characters. And we're going to then jump into a little bit of the storyline, which leads us to our main themes. We have three great themes for today. First, Itaewon, the neighborhood of Itaewon, which is great because that's what the show is named after. The second, we're going to be kind of di be diving into father-son relationships in this drama. And then I guess… In Korean society and culture. And our personal experiences as well. And finally, we're going to discuss some of the more taboo topics that Itaewon class took on. Um, one of them being mental health. To give you a little bit of 
context of who we're talking about throughout this podcast. We're going to give you a rundown of some of the characters, right? So the main character and the protagonist is Pak Sidoi, right? And then there is another girl. Her name is Cho Yi-seo, right? And uh, she starts off the first episode. And she's actually not seen in the first two episodes beyond that opening scene. Um, so then the presumptive uh, love interest for Pak Sidoi is Oh Su Ah, right? So those are three people so far. And then we have the Chang family. Chang Tae-hee, who is the CEO of Changga Group, which is a big chaebol, a conglomerate in Korea for food and beverage. And then there is uh, Chang Kunon, his son, right? And he is a classmate of both Osua and Pak Seroi. And then there is finally Pak Sung Yeol, who is Pak Seroi's father. So there's like six characters. That was a, so that a was lot, a lot of names. right? Right. Yeah. So you guys don't have to memorize it all. We're gonna explain it as easily as possible, but just for the people who are very, very particular about names and characters. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. So pretty much what happens? Pak Seroi, he goes to a new school, and he, there in that class, he has uh, Sua. And Changunon, right? Sua is kind of his love interest, and Changunon is the son of the conglomerate businessman CEO. And long story short, the dude's an asshole. He's a bully, right? Because he is very entitled, he is rich, and the rule is that he runs the school. And Paxerui and Kunon get into a fight. And so then Paxerui gets kicked out of school. Then his dad, Paxerui's dad, also works for Mr. Chang. He gets cut from the company as well. He resigns, I should say. And so they set up a restaurant. So this dude is not a graduate of high school. And his dad is cut from working at this, how do you say, traditional company of 20 years. Set up a restaurant. And at the end of the first episode, here's a spoiler. Spoiler is coming. All right. End of the first episode, we find that Pak father, Mr. Park, dies in a tragic motorcycle accident. He gets hit by a car. Right. And then immediately it is shown that Changunon, the son of Mr. Park's the bully. boss, the bully, hits him with his car and kills him. Right? So the first episode ends with Pak Sirui going to the hospital where Kunon is a patient because he's been in a car accident and he's about to kill Kunon by smashing a rock on his head. Yeah. And that is the end of the first episode. Yeah. Right. Intense. Mm-hmm. Very intense pilot. Um, very comprehensive. Did I miss anything? No. no. You, after watching that, you just got to jump to episode two. Right. There's yeah. no way you can't just click next. Right. You know? So I went straight into episode two. Right. Episode two, we're back. We're at the hospital. He's about to smash a rock onto his head. And then Ozua comes. And she's like, no! What are you doing? Don't do that! And uh, pretty much she stops him from smashing in his skull. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then what happens is Pak Serui, is sentenced to prison for like yeah. two to three years for attempted murder. Meanwhile, Changunon, the guy who actually killed Pak Seori's father, gets off scot-free and they have their gardener take the fall for murdering Mr. Park. Which is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way it works. And so after Pak Seori gets out of prison, he goes to Itaewon. And this is the first time we are introduced to Itaewon. And the reason he goes to Itaewon is because when he entered prison, Sua came and visited him. And then she wrote him a letter uh, once she, she left and says, I'll, I'm in Itaewon. I live here. And it's like a very interesting place. A lot of foreigners, a lot of international people. It's a very cool spot. So the first thing he does after he gets out, he goes to Itaewon to check it out. And they just happen 
they just happen to run into each other. And it just happens to be Halloween day. And he tells her, I'm going to start a restaurant. I'm going to start a shop. But in order to do that, I'm going to go make some money and I'll be back. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. Ryan Atwood of him from the OC to just disappear for like <laughs> seven years. So, Does that happen in the OC? I don't know. I think when the going gets tough, like people just no need idea. to get off the grid. Well, uh-huh. Paksuri, he goes on a fishing boat, which is traditionally in Korea, one of like the hardest jobs that you could do. Um, and so it's known to be a very tough job. And he goes on a fishing boat for seven years. And he comes back. And the second episode ends with him set, starting to set up shop in Itaewon. And as mm. he's doing that, Oswa then runs into him. He's like, oh, you're back. It's been seven years. And meanwhile, she is working at Changa Corporation with Kunon and the CEO. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's pretty much like the storyline for the first two episodes. Thank so you. three main talking points. Um, obviously, there's a lot to unpack. First one is Itaewon. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Second is father-son relationship. And the third is mental health. Let's start with Itaewon. Who wants to kick this off? I will. So Itaewon mm-hmm. is a neighborhood that is pretty much right in the center of Seoul. It's really in the heart of Seoul. I know Gangnam has a lot more… Like fame and street cred because of size, Gangnam style, and everybody thinks of Korea. Yeah. They think of the flashing mm-hmm. lights and everything. But actually, right. I like to say like Itaewon is literally in the heart of Seoul, and right. I know it very well because I live about ten minutes walking from my house. You've always lived in Itaewon, right? I've lived Since. right on the outside edge of Itaewon for mm-hmm. about four to five years now. Yeah, and the reason I like that neighborhood so much is because. Now, I'm going to describe it for you. Because Itaewon is the most diverse mixture, amalgamation of people, of foods, of nationalities, of backgrounds, of color, of everything. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it is the melting pot of Korea um, in Itaewon. And it has… It's really come up a long way over the past five or six years. When I first got to Korea about nine, ten years ago, it was not like a cool popping place. It was kind of a scary like shady CD place. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. the perception in Korea for a long time is that there was there's a military base that's right next to Itaewon, which is why there were so many international people there. Um, there used to be a lot of like scuffles and fights and issues with between like military and like Korean uh, nationals and just a lot of issues that would, you know, come up in the news. Uh, but over the past, I'd say five, six years, it's become this hotspot for the best restaurants, international food, hottest clubs, cool bars, interesting concepts. And when you're there, it really feels like you're in, I don't know, like any other… Like New York New York City on steroids? Maybe? Kind of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So watching this drama… Like we're all in quarantine. We've been isolated for a while. Watching this drama, I was like, uh-huh. man, I would love to go to Itaewon right now. Yeah. Grab a beer and a burger right. yeah. or something. I was watching it with my wife and you know, she was like, why are you crying? And I didn't realize that a single teardrop was coming down my face. <laughs> why why are you crying? Story? I am tired of being pent up in this hamster bowl. Yeah. Okay. And seeing all these people in these vibrant lights and uh-huh. just enjoying themselves out and about, you know? It's the polar opposite of what quarantine is. Yeah. It is. But it, it really was very is. nostalgic and I mean it felt good to watch. No, I thought they did an amazing job capturing the essence of Itaewon. Just how right. vibrant it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I mean I felt the same way. But I've only known Itaewon for like what 
um, I guess it currently is, which is, uh, like you said, kind of like the heart of soul. So I've never seen it when it was developing. Because uh-huh. I feel like the Eton I know has always been like the place to go out, to have fun, to meet up with people on Fridays. And people just don't sleep there. You know, right. you can stay out till 6 or 7 a.m. And there's still people out. Right. You know, so. It's kind of crazy. Like there were, you know, points of watching e in class where I was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it was very like relatable because there's like, even that first time when they meet in e And I think Suwa goes, oh, we're going to stay up all night. And he was like, okay, deal. The thing is in Korea, when you say we're going to stay out all night, you're going to stay out all night. You're going to be up until the sun rises. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like in the States, it's hard to do because like LA, Boston, DC, Atlanta. Everybody has a curfew of like right. 2 a.m. Korea, there are no curfews. <laughs> so even on like a Monday, uh-huh. I will be going to the studio or going to work or whatever. And people will be stumbling out of clubs at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Which is… Mm-hmm. Personally, crazy. I think that's crazy. Yeah. I'm already three meetings deep on that day. You know? <laughs> that is really interesting. I think Korea is… I mean, Itaewon specifically is so vibrant. When mm. I come back to LA after spending a lot of time there, I mean, it makes LA feel a lot like Kansas. Not, yeah. not modern day Kansas. You know, I'm sure there are people listening that are from Kansas. Like Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, Kansas. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. Just want to be very specific. Don't want any haters. This is Word. the first episode. You know yeah, what, what you're trying to say is like, it's just so much slower. So much slower. Yeah. Itaewon is just 100 miles an hour, like 24-7. Well, okay. 100 miles an hour, that's pretty fast. Dude. That's like a bullet train, dude. Yeah. Uh, 80 okay. miles an hour. Okay. <laughs> like right. right above the speed all right. limit. All right. Okay, all right. fine. Um, so, so Itaewon, the other cool part about Itaewon is because there are so… It's, it's been this such an open, accepting place for a lot of people. Um, there is also a very big LGBTQ population and like bar scene there. Um, and one of the people that had really developed that… He's actually in the drama. His name is Hong Seok Chan. And he is a actor slash I think comedian and restaurateur. And he is in the second episode of Itaewon Class. And I thought that was a nice touch that they uh, had him on the show just to add a little bit more of a real… Like a realistic perspective to Itaewon. Because he has like nine restaurants or so yeah. in Itaewon. We went to his Thai restaurant, right? Yeah, we've been to his Thai restaurant. It was really fire. good. Yeah. What really was good. it? The, the, the crab curry pasta? We had… Oh no. Crab, crab curry. curry. Soft shell crab curry. Super like right good. next to Itaewon Station, I think. Yeah, Sounds like especially delicious right now. Because all we've been eating is Hot Pockets. And <laughs> <laughs> bagel bites. <laughs> dude, I've been cooking for you every day. Know, what are you talking quite about? Yeah, hey, dude. Been... Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, let's see. Itaewon is also interesting. I think one thing that I did want to bring up uh, as we were watching is Sua says to Pak Seroi, she goes… Why don't you just like use the deposit and the insurance money from your dad um, to set up shop? And he chose to go on a seven-year boating mission to catch fish, right? Now, that was interesting to me because he, A, showed that he wanted to do things. He has his own way of living and his mindset and his values, which I thought was great. Um, And that's part of the reason that he got kicked out of school and all that kind of stuff. But the other part is, as they were introducing Itaewon, they were saying like, Kualigum… And pojinggum and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to share this for people who don't really understand Korean real estate. I don't 100% understand it either. But they were saying that it cost like $200,000 for like kwalikum or pojinggum or something like that. So let me explain this real quick. So when you set up a restaurant or a cafe or a pub or anything, any store. If somebody has been a tenant there before you, 
they are technically allowed to ask for what is called a kwanigum. Because let's say I, Eric, set up a cafe and I invested $50,000 into this cafe of getting coffee machines and doing interior design and getting the paint and the walls done, everything. And then the cafe did really well and I had it for five years. So technically, for the five years that I was working there, I made this shop into a hot spot. It's a desirable spot now. Mm-hmm. So I can say, okay, well, I invested this much and I this happened. So in order for you to take over this spot, you give me $100,000. And then on top of that, you pay your rent and your deposit and all this other stuff. And so when Paxedoi is setting up a pub in Itaewon, that's a very, very meaningful statement to be saying that. Right. Because it's not the boonies. It's in the heart of Itaewon. And to be fair, he had money coming in from like probably the life insurance coverage mm-hmm. that he got from his dad passing away. What did he say about that? He said… He just had money from that accident. So if right. your father passes away, he probably… But I remember he said injection. something like he didn't want to spend that money. Oh, it was like the right way to like honor his dad or something. Which I didn't like fully understand. But thinking back on it, I imagine it was like… I don't want to use money for my dad's death right. to just set something up. It's like I right. still want to make my own money and do my own thing and honor my dad in that way before I, right. I set something up. Because he could have just used that money to, for the deposit, right? right? But instead he chose to become a fisherman for seven years mm. to gather that money, collect it, and then use it, yeah. use hard-earned money to make that deposit. Right. Which, you know… People may not know this, but if you're like a deep sea fisher, you actually make a lot of money. I mean, it's so risky and it's, dangerous. It's a dangerous, really difficult job. It's actually… A lot of people do that because it pays considerably well compared to other jobs. I mean, right? it's a six-figure job, I heard. It is? Yeah, it is. Maybe in I the States. I don't know about not, Korea. Probably not Korea. Okay. But even yeah. like… I had a friend who his family got into like all this like legal issue because… Of they got scammed pretty much. And so then suddenly they owed like a bunch of money. And so his way of getting money to pay that back, he went fishing. Mm. So he he was on a boat doing shrimp fishing for like months. Mm. Wow. Um, it is a very risky job though. And like yeah. fishing boats are hard, dude. I've done reality shows where I have to go fishing a couple times. Every time I'm just I'd be seasick. I'm puking out the side the entire time. Multiple shows. And I feel like at that point they're like, we want to cast Eric because he just pukes everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, this is <laughs> great entertainment. Miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, on that note of <laughs> <laughs> we're not strong swimmers here. <laughs> we're not. Hey listeners, what's up? So um before we continue on with this show, we wanted to give a big shout out, a big thank you to Valentia. Valentia? Valentia. I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, but she is a VIP diver. And what is that? I mean, she is a patron of ours on patreon.com slash dive studios. Thank you so much, Valentia, for being our patron. It is people like you, our amazing divers, who uh, support this network and allow us to continue making great content like this show. So thank you so much. Hope you enjoy Commit or Quit and all the shows on the network. If you guys aren't patrons, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dive studios and supporting the dreams and the wishes and the wonderfulness of creating amazing content here at Dive Studios. Thanks again, Valentia. Now back to the show. On the note of Paxeroi really trying to honor his dad, I think we should jump into our second discussion topic, which is more of the father-son paternal relationship that's going on. And I think one thing that the show did really well 
um, between episode one and two is show the stark contrast between Park Seroye and Mr. Park and the Chang family. So in the first episode, the Parks are portrayed as this like very, very loving, paternal, warm family. And they're very honest and they're very supportive of each other. And they're very bonded very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the second episode, it's the Changs. And Mr. Chang, the CEO, he's just this like cruel, heartless, like no just BS chairman. kind of guy. Yeah. Just the chairman. Just an ass. <laughs> Yeah. I did not like him. Yeah. And uh, you look at his son, Changunon, and you're like, I don't like him because he's a bully and he's a poop head. And he's got a crazy laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That just, should be our intro for the show now. Just letting you know. <laughs> that really was grinding my gears. <laughs> <laughs> but there are multiple scenes in the second episode that really show how different of a relationship they have. And… Um, he tries to get his son to kill a chicken. He's screaming at him saying he's never going to be a man. Mm, like yeah. it's just such a different relationship. Eddie, what did you think about, you know, that stark contrast? Yeah. Um, I think uh, from the chairman's perspective, he's very like hard-nosed. He's going to… Uh, he's not going to show any love. He's going to be very, very tough on his son in hopes that he'll follow his footsteps, right? Because in… In Korean culture and, and especially in these huge conglomerates, like you're supposed to give your company over to your oldest son or daughter, mm-hmm. right? So um, on the flip side, Pak Sedoyi, he grew up with his dad. His mom isn't in the picture. We're not really sure what happened. But like, you know, he's like cooking food for him. And his dad is like, you know, encouraging him and saying like, oh, you're a really great chef. And like just giving him hugs, you know, very untraditional type of Korean parenting in some ways. And yeah. um I think all three of us uh, are are lucky and, and fortunate that our dad kind of reminds me of, of Mr. Park himself, right? And Eric, you, you've done a TV show with that. And uh, that went pretty viral in Korea because a lot of people were like, why is this guy acting so different? You mm-hmm. know, he's like acting like an American dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? so to give people context, I was on a show called Father and I or Daddy and I or something like that a few years ago. And… I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I just get to go on vacation with my dad and we just it's like a it's like an all expenses paid trip, but for TV, right? Um, and that's kind of how I approached it. But I I was asking, like, why are you guys putting this show on? Like, what is this gonna even be fun? And what I found out through that process is in Korea, like fathers and sons don't have the most loving slash uh, they don't have the best relationships. It's always more of a relationship of fear or a relationship of just respect because you are a man or you are my dad and that is it. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a lot of people, even amongst my friends, a lot of people like are not close to their dads and they like are terrified of their dads. Um, yeah. Which is really bizarre to me as an American, right? I think for all of us, that's probably a very Mm -hmm. odd kind of sentiment. So on this show, they were trying to showcase like the different types of relationships um, that fathers and sons had and through the vacation, allowing them to get closer. Now the reason like our dad went so viral is because he's not a typical Korean dad. He was very like, oh, he's very expressive. He's very romantic. He's very like, he enjoys like all these different types of things. And I did think of that show a lot as we were watching E2 in class. Um, yeah. Because it was just such a different vibe. Yeah. For those of you who 
don't know our dad or haven't seen the show yet. I'll just give you an example of like the type of guy he is. He's the type of guy that would like build Ikea furniture and like whistle and hum and with a big smile on his face. And loves gardening. Yeah. He's like, look at how big this tomato is. Yeah. 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 Our big dad's like biggest pride points are like, look at this squash. Yeah. Right. It's so big. <laughs> he like gives us like a panchan and I'm like, oh, this is really good. He's like, oh, really? Is it? Because I grew it. I'm like, whoa, awesome. 100% organic. I mean, let's not get it uh, misconstrued, right? Like dad works his butt off, right? He came mm. to this country, uh, no money in his pocket, didn't uh. know how to speak a lick of English, but he still made it work, you mm. know? And I remember like growing up and when we were in a pretty r- tough uh, neighborhood, right? Mm. Really, really rough neighborhood. Um, I asked him like, what was that like? Because he couldn't even bring mom over from Korea because he couldn't afford to bring her over after they got married, mm. right? So for like two years, they're writing letters back and forth every day. I thought that was a lie. Turns out he does actually have all of the letters saved. In a mom bag doesn't. In the attic. <laughs> yeah, of course mom was just like, oh, what is all this like stuff? Yeah. Throws it away. Um, but yeah, like you said, dad's very romantic. But guy just like worked really hard. Is just an extraordinary guy. And we're just yeah. a very small apple from this tree. I mean, I, I remember thinking it was normal. Because he would always… He would always leave before we like woke up. So he'd go out the door like maybe 8 a.m. And he wouldn't come back to like n- at least 9 or 10. Yeah. Every single day. And I thought that was normal. Until yeah. I started going having sleepovers at my friend's house. Yeah. And all their parents get off at like 4 or 5. And they're yeah. back for dinner. Um, but I think… I didn't realize how hard he worked until I got older. Yeah. Until people were like, dude, I work 8 hours a day. Right. You're like, 8 hours a day, 8 a.m. Oh, you should be back by 4 p.m. then. Right. <laughs> that was working like 15-hour days. No, seriously. Still coming like, on no and exaggeration. doing like magic tricks at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we got mad we respect got- for our dad. <laughs> okay, we love our dad. We got really derailed. <laughs> Gosh. Yo, dad, if you listening right now, we love you, bro. <laughs> All right. So, um, did not see us going down that route. Anyways, you know, going back to the show, there is a very different perception of what dads are. And I think, you know, here's the thing. Like, you know… Watching a show, you could say, okay, Mr. Park's a good dad. Mr. Chang's a bad dad. That kind of thing. Um, but I also think like that's just… It's also representative of reality of like… There are great fathers out there. There are other fathers who are just not the best fathers. And I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to like articulate. But i just trying to acknowledge that for some people… They, will, they might relate to Mr. Chang more than Mr. Park. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's perspective. I think Mr. Chang… Um, although he's different than Mr. Park, I think there are a few things that maybe he, because he is the way that he is, like it could be beneficial to his son. Um, although he is seen as ruthless, mm-hmm, right. um, he's able to build this massive company that ultimately betters him and his family and also other people that are employed by that company. Yeah. No, I hear you. I just think that Mr. Chang could do a better job of knowing his audience. Right? Like mm-hmm. uh, his son Kunon is not cut from the same cloth as he is. Right? He is right. like a product of somebody who's a billionaire. You know? Mm-hmm. So when you have like maids tying your shoes for you and like carrying your book bags to class. Like his right. reality is not the same as a normal right. kid. So when you, then all of a sudden you flip the switch and he starts getting nervous. Like oh I got to make my son tough because he's going to take over my company one day. It's like this guy… 
Mm. Has never had a scratch or a confrontation until Pac said he punches him in the face in the first episode. Mm. You know? So the 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 chairman's expectations, honestly, it felt unrealistic because like mm. he didn't even know his own son that well. Like know your audience. Not bro. only that, like I just felt like it was you're forcing a kid to become something that he's not. Right? Like I, I felt like in episode two, there were plenty of moments where Kunan was like, I don't want to be this horrible person. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a dick. But it's, like he felt guilty about accidentally hitting. Right. Hoxeter's he felt dad. bad about. He was going to turn himself in. Yeah. And then he was like, you will, not, you will not do such thing because that is bad for me and my family. And you are. Yeah. You know. I agree. That like was that. pretty messed up. But I am curious to learn more about Mr. Chong's backstory. Because I remember they briefly touched on it in episode two. Like yeah. he really built himself from nothing. Yeah. And so maybe he's a result of. You know, Lily's having to survive. I mean that, but you know? also, True. you know, like the girl, the female employee that works with him. Oh, the uh, I don't the know, co-founder's name. daughter. Yeah, yeah. It's like the co-founder's daughter, right? And then Mr. Park. It's like there were multiple allusions to how those people were too soft, or they were mm-hmm. not like, or like I felt like almost he tricked them or he played them in a certain way mm-hmm. to take things over. So like. Yes, you could say, oh, like he survived. But also, I feel like it's probably from manipulation and like malice. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this is stuff that's all to be played out in the show as exactly. it moves forward. So, um, it's just stuff to kind of keep an eye out for. So, I think what we could talk about next is kind of about mental health and like some of the more taboo topics that yeah. the show really took on. I was really excited because it opened with the scene of therapy. Um, of just Navi, just like this girl sitting there talking to a therapist and saying like, life kind of sucks. And like, I would be okay if it had just ended. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I found that to be incredibly refreshing that there was such a scene. Because to be fair, like I'm not a big K-drama person. So this is not the most well-researched thing. But from my experience working and living in Korea, mental health and discussions on that topic are very few and far between, right? So mm-hmm. there have been multiple cases where I've felt very uncomfortable because clearly somebody has or represents and shows signs of some sort of mental disorder or um, condition, but it's weirdly normalized by calling people, like kind of making fun at them rather than saying, oh, this is like, you know, just the way they are. And so… Even the first episode, Pakseroi, they call him a torai, which means like a psycho, a crazy person. Because he doesn't really like to talk to people and he doesn't have any friends and he doesn't care what people say about him. Is that really a crazy person? I don't know. Like, But even those types of things I felt were a very, very good um, contrast between therapy and then this dude who just does not give a crap about anything. Yeah. I think this problem extends outside of just Korea. Yeah. I think it's something that we see in the States as well. You know, when you're looked at as different, it is, uh, people can often label it as uh, a mental illness or something. But uh, I think, I do think maybe the US is a bit more ahead in terms of like yeah. understanding and. Well, I feel like the US, that. it's like there's dialogue, right? The other day, Selena Gomez opened up about being bipolar. You know, there are a lot of American celebrities who say, I am bipolar or mm-hmm. I have a certain condition or I have depression or I have anxiety. In Korea, that's not very open in any way. 
it's starting to change though, wouldn't you say though? Like, I, I, is, I, isn't like BTS's like whole thing and like why people love them so mm. much is because their lyrical content is is about like self-love and things like that, right? Right. Mm. So I think when it comes to that stuff, absolutely like they… It's in song, it's in music. But I think mm-hmm. I personally would love to see more open dialogue about it. Oh yeah. True. Right? True. Yeah. Because only in the past year or two have… With the unfortunate passing and a lot of like the, the suicides in K-pop… Yeah. Have people been saying like, let's talk about like how we're feeling. But even then, there is no systemic change or… Or resource for people to really say, I'm having an issue and this is how I feel. A lot of it is hush-hush, keep it quiet. Especially because it will tarnish your image or it will tarnish your brand kind of thing. Mm. Like I still remember when I was in Korea and I was having a really, really hard time. um, Due to a lot of different factors beyond my control. And I felt like I was going insane. Like absolutely. Like I was depressed. I was miserable. I was so mad. Um, and I and I went and I said, I really need to talk to somebody. Like I'm not going to hurt myself and I'm not going to do anything drastic like that. But I need to have a conversation with somebody just so I feel like somebody's listening to me. I need to talk to someone. And they said no. And I said, well, why? He's like, because that is damaging to your, represent- your, uh, your brand and your reputation. And like we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Which to me, as an American, is the craziest thing, right? Like, I feel like a lot of my friends go to therapy just to have somebody to talk to and have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's taken a lot of time, a long time for us to get to the, even this point where, you know, some of this stuff can maybe start to rise to the surface and be normalized. Which is why mm-hmm. this show, when it opened with that scene, I was like so excited for it because I think it actually speaks volumes Mm. To be starting a show off like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean things are definitely changing. I mean especially like you said. The, the, the overall climate in Korea. Um, these conversations need to be had. You know. Yeah. I mean everywhere. I'm sure it's not It's not just a Korea problem. You know. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a global problem. Um, but yeah. I'm excited to see how this plays out. Across yeah. the rest of the show. And mm-hmm. the rest of the drama. Some other things that I was really excited about was um, just showing, you know, there was a black character um, in the show as well. And I haven't seen the show, so I don't know. But like from what I understand, there was a lot of this like, I'm Korean, but everybody expects me to speak English, blah, 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 like that kind of stuff. Which is something Uh that a lot of the international people in Korea feel. Like I have a friend, um, he's much younger, but he's born in Korea. He can't speak any English. And people expect him to speak English. Like, I don't know anything. I'm just straight up Korean. Uh-huh. Um, so that I thought that was that was interesting too. Yeah. I, I remember in Korea when I went to Itaewon for the first time, there was like um, a Sri Lankan dude who could not speak any English. It was just full Korean. He was like oh, really? born in Itaewon. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy, you know? Mm. But I realized my thinking was pretty off at that point because like even with like K-pop groups and and what we see in K-dramas and whatnot. Yes, it's very homogenous and it's all Koreans. But I'm not opposed to other people coming in from different nationalities and uh, different genders or whatever it is. Because like, yeah, it's K-pop. But I mean, that's like the same argument as saying like uh, an Asian guy can't sing country. You know, there's just, there should be no parameters in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, I just feel like, 
you know, part of it is Korea is such a homogenous nation. Yeah. Everybody is Korean. You know? Mm-hmm. There is not more than one link. It's just… They're different like… Accents. Uh-huh. Right? And smaller changes in dialect. But everybody is Korean. Right. And so… Um, it's it's interesting to see such an international uptick of people um, of different color. Uh, and even for the LGBT community, which is in this drama, I've heard that they, it plays like a big role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, those types of conversations. So for me, this show itself was very exciting to just see such a diverse… Uh, progressive. Progressive nature of themes and casting and topics. So that's mm. like actually what I think I'm most excited about with this drama. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the head. It, they are uh, touching on a little bit of everything. But is there a more perfect city like Itaewon to really capture all of that? Right? Like mm. the, the essence of Itaewon, as we discussed, is just celebrating people from different backgrounds. So yeah, I'm, I'm also really excited to see how this thing shakes out. So yeah, this is our takeaway from the first two episodes of ET1 Class. I'm glad we had a discussion about these different topics that… We'll see if they're recurring topics or how they play out throughout the drama. But it's about time for us to make that big decision of if we commit or if we quit the show. Um, Before we make that final decision, uh, we have some stats. But pretty much ET1 Class currently holds the record for the second highest viewership rating ever in JTBC's history. So JTBC is a cable channel in Korea. And the the highest ranking um, for viewership on JTBC is Sky Castle. Which is also a great show. Mm-hmm. Sky Castle had like the highest ratings in history for any, any cable network show. Not just JTBC. So it did very, very well Sky Castle. We'll have to watch that next. Um, so yeah. That's… That's kind of some interesting stuff. We have BTS's V who did the Ito and Class OST. And a lot of other great songs on the OST. But it's about time that we just make the call. If we're going to commit or if we're going to quit. Um, Brian, how about we start with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna commit to this. I think we've really only scratched the surface with the first two episodes. But I mean, just from our discussion, there's a lot of character development. Uh, recurring themes that are yet to be seen. And so… I mean, for me, there's no reason not to continue watching. So it's a commit for me. All right. Eddie, how about yourself? You know, this is uh, 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, I'm going to have to commit. And I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I didn't follow the rules. I've watched past two episodes. And I actually binged and watched the entire thing in a matter (laughs) of three days. Um, We tried waiting for you guys to finish the first two episodes. I know you guys are busy. But my wife and I, you know… Like you said, we have a lot of time. You guys just couldn't stop. I could not stop. And I was biting my tongue. Trying not to give away any spoilers. I think we did a good job in this episode. Uh But Brian, you are right, my friend. You are only (laughs) scratching the surface. And you will not be disappointed. Uh Eric, how about yourself? I will commit to this. Um, I haven't watched anything beyond the second episode. To be very honest, Korean drama sometimes for me take a long time for me to get into. Because I feel like they're lengthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is something that at some point… Not immediately. At some point I will go on and finish the show. Um, so I'm excited for that. And and like I've already harped on about… I really just like that this takes on different themes and different stories. It's a great underdog story. It touches on injustice. It touches on social classes. It touches on like… Chebars, it touches on mm-hmm. everything I think 
uh, that makes a great Korean drama. So I'm excited for it. I'm going to commit to this show. I love it. And one thing that we haven't even talked about… And you don't actually see in like the first two episodes… Mm-hmm. Hey guys, there's love. There is a love story. Okay? okay? And that's why I stuck around. All this other stuff, it's great. Uh-huh. These okay. other topics we're talking about, amazing. Progressive. Mm-hmm. We need it. But okay. guess what? You know I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. This is the type of show that heals my soul at a time like this. All right. Sounds good. I can't wait. All right. So that's it for us here at Commit or Quit. Hope you guys enjoyed this first ever episode um, while we discuss E2 in class. As you guys know, we are in self-quarantine right now. So we do have some time on our hands to watch some other shows. So please let us know if there are other shows that you would like for us to watch, review, and discuss. And uh, in the comments all over social media, please let us know what you guys thought about this episode. Do you agree with us? Are there things that you think differently on? Um, we are always open to discussion and your input. So please let us know. And Brian, where can they find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, please make sure to subscribe. It helps us a lot. Um, and please rate and review. Let other people know why you like this show um, and encourage them to also listen in. Have you heard of Patreon? What's Patreon, Eddie? Patreon mm-hmm. is a a site that keeps Dive Studios alive. Oh, really? How? Yeah. So all you got to do is go to www.com. Uh, whoops. <laughs> www.patreon.com backslash Dive Studios. There you will see multiple tiers and uh, ultra benefits uh, and little behind the scenes clips here and there um, and ad free listening uh, for all of your episodes, not just for Commit or Quit, but across the entire Dive Studios network. And on a more serious note, um, it'd be really helpful if you guys could help us because you know we are in a recession. Uh, any dollar amount helps us. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to survive, right? We love what we do. We love giving you guys great content, but we need to survive. And so anything helps. Thank you so much. Yeah. So go ahead. Please connect with us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dive Studios. We're on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. We have stuff all at the everywhere. Dive Studios. So please subscribe, follow us so you don't miss anything. We have more shows, more great content coming your way so we can get through 2020 and COVID 19 together. Anyways, you guys, please stay indoors, stay healthy, stay happy, wash your hands. And, uh, and while you're at it, right after this, go check out episode number two of Commit or Quit. Uh, what's it about? Tiger King. Tiger King. Um, can you make me your best tiger noise? Rawr! Alright, that's it's time to go, guys. Eddie, can you make one? <laughs> no, it's time to go. Please. Rawr! No? Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.